Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the T Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Anything from new business, new construction, new renovation, or anything in between that really helps Lafayette shine for those outside of our community. We always have special guests. Uh, It is the Clout 9 team with Matthew Thibodeau and Megan Howley. 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 And um, so that's their names on the screen. Um, We actually have a very uh, special moment. This is the first time the podcast is sponsored. So we've been doing it for a year this week. Congratulations. Thank you. And so uh, I think it would be wise for me to go ahead and give you that sponsor. So the sponsor for this episode is Why More Coaching. So Why More Coaching's life mission is to inspire over a million people globally, helping people restore confidence within themselves to find clarity, direction, and live a more purposeful life. Their coaching and mentorship programs are designed to help people cut their learning in half along with helping identify who they really are and discover what they really believe. Uh, they are not a motivational business, uh, but they are committed to life transformation. So that is Why More Coaching. You can go to whymorecoaching.com. And we also plugged in the link on Facebook, and we have it on our website once this goes live on the website. So thank you, Why More Coaching, for that. Um, so guys, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us. Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, so this is the tea. Uh, it's called the tea because uh, we have tea to drink. You guys obviously have water. That is totally fine. I'm not judging you. <laughs> I know. I'm the. I know. It's like I should take it. my southern um, fad should be taken away. I'm not a big tea drinker. However, give me all the coffee ever. Oh yeah. And I'll be fine with it. I should have had. A, I should have. I should have called it the coffee show. But I don't drink a whole lot of coffee. Like, well, it's your show. You can call it the tea plus. I mean, for sure. Not, we're spilling tea here right and that the whole i mean there's some undertones there yeah we're we're drinking tea we're gonna spill a little bit of it maybe just you know because well, it is the tea. the tea is the information right yes, yeah. the good, the good information much. uh some would say it's gossip but we'll we'll just um we'll just call it information yeah for sure um so uh go ahead and uh tell me a little bit about uh the agency and uh, however you guys want to position it, because I know you just had a name change, so I'll let you guys just kind of talk about the agency right now. Awesome. Well, one, thank you so much for having us sure today. Thing. We really appreciate it. Um, so we did. We just uh, launched our rebrand as Clout9. Monday will actually make one month uh, since we went through with that transition. And so kind of backstory, uh, we just made seven years earlier this month. Um, Matthew Aaron Thibodeau, myself, started the Matthew Aaron Agency about seven years ago. Uh, and when I first started, I was a one-person team. I was trying to help small mom-and-pop businesses utilize social media and specifically Facebook to help grow their businesses. And I've been blessed over the last seven years um, to work with some amazing clients, but also to build a really strong, creative team. And so we met together as a team, I want to say about six months ago. And we sat down and we said, okay, with the team that we have, you know, with the things that we're doing, 
how do we feel, you know, like we are represented in our community? Yeah, you know? and the gifts and talents that we all have and bring to the table. Right. Yeah. So we, uh, we actually met at the public library. We met four different times and spent a whole day over there. If you haven't been to the public library to use it for all its spaces, uh, it's an amazing place to get away. And we just focused on us and who we are, you know, our values, our mission statement, um, some of the services, you know, that we truly want to offer, and then also, you know, how we see ourselves aligning with our community. And so after the last six months, you know, one, we came up with a name, Clout9, Elevate Your Influence, <laughs> um, that truly represented who we are. Okay. So the word clout, for people that may not know, what does clout stand for? Like, what does it mean? So uh, clout is a measure of influence. So if it's a measure of influence, uh, how do you, I guess, determine who has clout in the community? We really think anybody can have, have clout. And we, um, it's all about how you position yourself and um, that perception. Um, because honestly, like when you're talking social, it's all perception is reality. And so um, anyone can have influence. You, you have influence just going throughout your day, talking to your people. And so all we want to do is be able to capture that influence that everyone has and, can, and drop their influence into their, into their community. So um, in this community, excluding myself, I'm not plugging myself, who has an obvious like, clout measurement in your guys' opinions? Well, one's your sponsor. And this, and we didn't even know who the sponsor was, but uh, no, Nate Moore. I met with him about a year ago, and I've seen him blow up his social media presence, his strategy in the last year. One, his content, yep. um, the information he's pushing out, you know, uh, and he you know, says it's not motivation, it's you know, life-changing and life-transforming. Um, it's a positive, amazing message. And he's done a great job of building his own social media cloud. But there's other different you know, entities, individuals, brands, I think one of the main reasons why I started the agency seven years ago was because, you know, small mom and pops were priced out of, you know, utilizing other traditional marketing tools. Right. You know, trying to spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in a month just to reach their audience when, you know, we have these supercomputers right at our fingertips. And this is where, you know, our communities are engaging. And so really putting the power back in their hands and letting them know you can build your own presence. You can build, you know, your own influence, your own clout in these different avenues. And the people who work for you or are connected to your business all have, you know, they're all um, influencers is kind of a, it's a word right now, it's mm -hmm. a little bit of a buzzword, but they're, everyone is a micro influencer. We all have spheres of people that we are influencing every day on our social platforms, <laughs> whether we are intending that as a direct, like I'm going to post this to make sure my friends know about it or just like, hey, I'm here kind of thing. Um, and so we, we think that anybody who has, well, anybody has an influence, but especially anybody who has employees or has people that like are passionately um, connected to their business, they, they are influencers, whether it's on a micro, ma macro or micro scale. And it, obviously our philosophy <laughs> with utilizing social media is, you know, how are you utilizing that for good? We were actually, Meg, who's our education coordinator, she was giving a seminar yesterday uh, in Vermilion Parish. And, you know, we had a few people talk about, you know, people getting on Facebook and, you know, either saying negative things or posting reviews. And 
one of the things that we like to you know focus on when it comes to social media and Facebook specifically, it's not the platform that's inherently good or bad <coughs> or good or evil. Right. You know, it's the people. It's us who are behind that platform. Right. Social media has just allowed us to amplify on an exponential level. You know who we're able to reach. Um, and you talked about you know influences in our community. I mean. Uh, you're definitely an influencer, obviously, you know, Nate Moore's got a following, there's others. I mean, there's a few who are influencers, but in a negative light. And I'm not going to really get into that, you know, right now. But I mean, there's some who are driving, you know, some political decisions Mm -hmm. and other things in our community. I think you get where I'm going with this without even saying who they are. And those are things we have to be concerned about, you know, as a community. But with us, when we work with different brands or businesses, or when we're just educating people, you know, our big focus with this tool is utilizing it for good and you know it's all about education awareness and ultimately trust right and that's why you know we gravitate to these platforms because of the instantaneous feedback you know someone could you know message us right now while we're doing a live stream with a question or a comment or things like that we can respond right away to yeah yeah um, and I think you know one of the big things for us especially in 2019 um, there's a lot of different interesting changes that affect our business development and you know who's using you know their social media for good and to put out factful information so you mentioned uh, social media changing things exponentially uh, I remember it was at the 2000 I, don't, I guess it was a 2012 race or maybe 2008 race but Facebook had a big influence on the the the, the, the I guess the election the presidential election but they, they forced it because they wanted to be the the social media network to be that kind of talk well fast forward to 2016 and Facebook reg- I'm pretty sure I don't can't speak for them but I'm pretty sure they regret being the the social media network for politics because everything in in Politics just happened on Facebook and it was whether it would be good or bad. So what's interesting with Facebook and social media in general is that would not have happened. This this type of environment that we're in now with the whole government and I guess politics would have been totally different 20 years ago if this same scenario would have happened. But because of social media, everybody has a voice in some form or fashion and if that if that one voice, whether it be educated or not, starts putting out their information, it's people start sharing it whether because they believe it. And, and, and I think for yeah. us, we just it goes back to that <clears throat> that people and that trust. And so what we try to do, and you know, we it's it's the people behind the platform yeah. at the end of the day. And so um, we make sure that our people are the forefront of the platform. So there is no, um, there's no like, just blank kind of like, oh, this is just a business. Their their faces are out there. They're <coughs> people, so you know that you can trust these people rather than just the information. So we really connect it back to it's about education, it's about people, and it's about trust. And you know, we can only, we we can't do anything about we can we only have influence. Again, there's that word over the people that we only can control ourselves right, or what right. we do or what we do for businesses in in a collaborative way. And so we try, and I, you know, I think we succeed in making sure that we that our people, the community knows that these are authentic, real people who have your best interest at heart. 
And it's interesting, you know, you're talking about the last two uh, presidential elections, you know, President Obama and President Trump, both of their elections were heavily influenced by social media. Right. There's no denying yep. that. Um, and it's nothing to do with your uh, political affiliation right. in those as well. Uh, the interesting thing is, obviously, you know, in the last election, you know, with different um, Russian interference and, you know, other different things. I mean, Facebook cracked down and, you know, it was last year this time where Mark Zuckerberg had, you know, some specific keynotes and he put out some specific statements talking about how what they were doing to address those issues. I mean, just this year we've seen when we were working on political campaigns four years ago, we didn't have all the hoops that we had to go through just to create an ad for that political campaign. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen anything with the political status, but it's a four-part <laughs> process now for you to even run a political ca uh, campaign. I mean, so I think it, um, I'm trying to think of all the different things, but they do um, an ID check. There's a social security. They even send a card to your house. So it's a four-part process for wow. a page admin to get approved to run political ads for that specific page. And it's not even necessarily just political ads. We had a client who took a picture with um, a congress, congressman. Um, and so I put the... I, the client had nothing to do... And the, and the post wasn't <coughs> even political. It's like, hey, we visited this guy. And I went to go put a couple dollars on it. And um, it got rejected and said, you need to go through this. Oh, wow. Um, so, which, it's a good thing. It just says that there's oversight and, like, hey, we're watching. Hey, we know. And then from, you know, a business standpoint, you know, Mark Zuckerberg said one of the big things that they were changing in regards to the algorithm is how businesses and people are engaging their conversations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. That's You're doing this podcast and other different things where you're engaged in the community. But his whole focus you know, not just for personal accounts, but specifically for business accounts is the content and information that you're pushing out there. Is it starting a conversation? You know, if it's just spam, if it's just sell, 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 you're going to see a tremendous decrease in who you're reaching right, organically. Right. And, and so, you know, we took that last year. We didn't let it scare us. We let it, you know, to address and to enhance our strategies with our clients so that we could. And, you know, going along with what Meg is saying, when we work with different businesses, brands, or any business who's out there, if you want to be successful in social media, it all starts internally with yourself mm -hmm. and the culture that you've created. Yeah. What differentiates you? If you're a dentist, there's hundreds of dentists in our Acadiana area. We're blessed to work you know, with a few of those. But for them, you know, we highlight campaigns that differentiate them from the competition because I mean nine times out of ten why are you going to a dentist it's probably because of the staff or that dentist or that team member the way they make you feel and it's the same for so many other industries you know what is it and so what are you doing <coughs> to showcase that and amplify that you know with your voice and messaging through social media yeah yeah man I've seen a lot of dentist offices do well on social media it's weird and I know they either have a very good staff or they have an agency like you guys behind them but, like, since I moved here in 2010, like, I've followed a few dentists, and I don't know why I follow dentists. It's all about I, company culture. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's all about the culture that you surround yourself with and the atmosphere that, you know, your, your people create. If you have, I mean, it's like any job. It's taking that job, like, culture and amplifying it to the com community. Right. Back, you know, however many years ago, if you had a super fun company culture, that was, that was confined within the four walls of your business and your customers may have experienced it a little bit there may have been some word of mouth but now with the advent of social media you're able to take that company culture you've created and 
amplify it so <coughs> everybody can be a part of it. Um, and that, that's a big thing for us. Um, again, I've been blessed, you know, in building this team over the last seven years. Even so, we're a social media agency. This is what we do 24-7. But we even realized two to three years ago that our content, our social media, isn't where it should be. I right. know a lot of businesses probably can say that where, you know, your own needs get put on the back burner because oh, yeah. oh, yeah. you're taking care of your clients. And you're like, oh, well, you know, my stuff, it, it doesn't matter. And then you're like, we cannot be a social media agency without good social media. Right. Like, and we have all the tools. We had all the knowledge. It's just the time. It's, it's definitely the time. Social media, like, oh. if you listed your resources of, like, what it takes, the top one far and away is time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we sit down, you know, once a week and just talk about <laughs> our content for that week. Yeah. And, and we've been doing that for consistently for almost two years now. And you've seen and you know, that is a huge thing for us and also any business that we work with is what is their culture? Um, but that's just, uh, it's, a, it's a fun thing that, you know, I'm trying to learn more and more, you know, and even gravitating to other agencies on a national, international level. What are they doing? I mean, you look at companies like Waiter. Mm-hmm. I mean, Waiter has a huge, you know, a great story. They've done so many different things. But when you look at what they're pushing out, you know, from their press releases, and then when you see it's pushing out on their social media, they've got an awesome culture, at least from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. It appears that they have an awesome yeah. culture. Well, and I know people who work there, yep. so I know it's not just, you know, them creating this. It's not just a phase. Well, exactly. and we really took that into consideration when we were really working on our new brand. I mean, we have a very specific company culture built by our, our team members. And we were really, you know, we kind of all grew together in that in that sense when you're small and you can do that. And, you know, so when we came up with this Clout9 name, we were like, well, K9, and we're like, oh gosh. we're mildly obsessed with our dogs. And like mildly obsessed, I mean kind of totally obsessed with our dogs. We have We're huge, huge animal lovers, animal lovers but even yes. more so. We all have dogs. dogs, and so I mean that's evident. And like, here's our little fortune teller that are leave behind, and all of our dogs are featured oh, prominently cool. um, as the inside of the fortune teller. You know, those things you folded in elementary school on the bus. Um, and your names are in there, so yeah. The dogs. So okay, so like the dog. So like here, we'll, we'll do it. All right. So pick pick a number. Okay. Um. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, pick a dog. Um, this guy. Chapo. Okay. C H A P O. All right, pick another dog. All right, um, Ozzy. Oh, you're gonna pick Ozzy, the office dog. All right, so your fortune is today is the day to say yes to exciting opportunities. Well, there you go. So there you go. That's cool. It's a it's a fun. You know, this is it in. It is a physical rep- representation of kind of some of our company culture and the fun and the dogs yeah. and the lightheartedness. Yeah, I mean, this is this doing. is this is like middle school stuff, but that's cool. Uh, the middle school stuff in the best way. It's like the it's right. Like, it's either this or mash, and this was a little bit <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, a little bit more interactive <laughs> than mash. Um, there's some other stuff in middle school, like spin the bottle. That's thankfully I didn't do anything like that. Yeah, we picked and we picked the least, uh, least, the least yeah, um, controversial. controversial. Yeah, but uh, I mean, going back to culture, <coughs> um, my dog Ozzy is pretty much at the office every day. Because well, that's and your dog. Ozzie. That is my dog. Okay. Yeah, and and it's a fun thing because you know uh, everyone loves you know we, you may be down or have an issue going on, and you get to love and pet on Ozzy. Our clients love him. You know when we have meetings and things like that, everyone loves to you know see the dogs. And I've actually even heard from people who've been to our office and. We'll see him again like a month or two months later, and they're like, "My dog's at the office now." So I mean, and everyone has their own little element 
of what makes, you know, culture for them. It's yeah. not just, you know, having, you know, beers at four o'clock every day or going to lunch <coughs> on Fridays. It's a lot more than that. And with a lot of strong personalities in mm-hmm. our office, um, we've just been able to mesh well, which is, is really fun for us. But culture is a huge thing that we take away um, with everything that we do and who we work with. And what we want to project on our clients is like, hey, we when we go into a new client or even one that we've worked with before, we, we take temperature of that of their culture and mimic that on their page, whether that's the photos we use, what the words we use often has a lot to do. You know, we keep company culture at the forefront of our mind at all times. Um, you know, what, are you a company that would use the word like exciting or are you like radical or, you know, like it's really, it's really about your company culture in everything in the words you use and the pictures you take and the messages you put out. You know, we're talking about culture with social media, and I think it's interesting that we got on this uh, topic because I wasn't sure where we would end up. But um, and I think I may have put you know much like the internet, right? Right. So I think I put in a question about a particular social media account, and Uh, so culture can kind of be culture is marketing, and in 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 a sense, but so Wendy's their culture, at least online is an interesting kind of thing because... Oh, it is fascinating. Like, I- I'm guessing you guys keep up with it or a little bit or see some of it, I but can. the type of things that they do, they had a, uh, well, it was a National Roast Day or something, Roast mm-hmm. Me Day, mm-hmm. and I guess bands, like old school bands, new school bands, rock bands of, of all the sorts were asking Wendy's social media account. I think it's mainly Twitter that Wendy's uses. And they were getting roasted so hard. I don't have any examples, but it was it was so funny. Like, I guess one of the examples could have been something like uh, whatever band this was back in the day when they were popular. Uh, Wendy's said something to the effect of uh, at least at least we're still uh, relevant or something like that. <laughs> like, I love their Twitter account, but people, like when you go to, when you go to Wendy's, you don't, you don't feel that. You don't right. feel like, oh, I'm about to get told, and I'm about to get roasted by the guy, the guy behind the counter. The high school guy behind the counter, yeah. That would be hilarious, though, if they did position themselves that way, where, hey, when you come to Wendy's, you, ex- you, you should expect to get roasted. And I think they would have a totally different client base, of course, after that. But, For sure. Um, but yeah, I just, what do you, what do you guys think about that type of marketing? Like, I think it can be so fun and so effective when used really intentionally. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we are, we are not on the scale, like Lafayette is not on the scale of Wendy's. And, um, so, you know, you have to be a pretty, pretty careful about how you, um, <laughs> how you approach some things, especially in like a medium sized town, mm-hmm. even in a bigger town or whatever, you know, Wendy's goes out and said like this, we're all in, this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to run our Twitter account and they stick with it and they don't back down. Um, and it's, and that, that's an intentional choice. Um, in a smaller community <coughs> when, um, competition runs rampant mm-hmm. uh you just have to make choices yep. and you can still have a lot of fun uh when you just intentionally when you make a plan and have it's all about strategy to be completely honest like wendy's has a strategy they have they have people they have picked the right people 
who can roast on demand without being without going over the edge or or any of that but they have a strategy behind it um one of my you know so they have responses they have they have kind of that stuff doesn't just roll off. They kind of right. have some. They have some thought behind it. You have to put some thought because if it just rolls off, then it can get kind of squirrely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever look at some of the comments on my page, but I'm I'm usually pretty. Uh, I guess you could use the word snarky. On yeah, my, on conversational. My yeah, conversational. AKA. It's more politically correct. Yes. So there recently I posted. Um, that Pizza Artista got a uh, I pour it system where it's like beer and wine that you just go, you put on a bracelet, you scan the little thing, oh. and you pour however much beer or wine you want, and it's paid by the ounce. But you don't have to. Nobody's doing it for you. You just go there and pour it yourself. And so I posted that, and somebody, and I, I don't remember his name, goes, "Oh, just what we need: more robots taking our jobs, or something to that effect." <coughs> and I put, and I put. How do you think horses felt when the engine was invented? <laughs> True. I mean, they lost a lot of their jobs. And he goes, I'm not, he's like, I don't think we're comparing horses and people. And I was like, look, I was half joking. I had to like backtrack. But uh, yeah, you know, when somebody has a comment on my Facebook page that's more negative, I always fire back. And that's, I've always kind of done that. And I don't do it to the Wendy's extreme. I don't roast yeah. people. I'm hitting the mic. Mm-hmm. But um I like. To, I, I want to make sure that these people don't think that I'm just some robot. You know, robot. That's oh, there's a comment that's bad. I'm just gonna leave it alone. I have some. I have left some comments alone, but I fire back. And mm-hmm. and I think what's funny is like a lot of people know like that follow me for a while. They know that I do that. Well, here's the thing: responding is <coughs> is is half the battle. Like actually, like well, okay, what you say is obviously important, and if you go to the Wendy's extreme. Sometimes you may have to blow back, but people care much more about our response. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have the guy who comes back and like, well, I want to have a conversation, but that's what Matt was talking about. Like conversations are key. They're so important. One of the, um, we had, we have a client, rampant negative check-ins, comments, reviews, just beyond. Yeah. So, we, for a while, we took the reviews off because it wasn't helping anybody. And this is on y'all's personal, on y'all's business page? No, this is a client. A client. A client. Okay. So we took the reviews off because we did. We allowed them. They can write on the page. They can check in. We can. They can message. There are still plenty of ways that their <coughs> concerns can be heard. In reviews, you can't edit reviews. Nope. Right? So it depends where they are. Okay. You still can't oh, yeah. edit them. Um Basically, if they've used like 27 curse words and then you can get it taken. I'm not a fan of Facebook's review system. Okay. So just because uh, a few things. One, you can't, re- you can either remove the system entirely. Right. So if you're a business owner and you have tons of negative reviews and hopefully you're doing the right thing and everything like that, but if you just want it off, you can actually do that. So if you didn't know that, you know, there's a, a one tip for today. Um, but I'm not a fan of it because. You can respond back, but you can never delete or even have Facebook look into that specific thing for you. Yelp, others, and things like that. 
The biggest thing you know that a business owner can harm themselves with is by one, not having a presence because if you don't have a presence, you're allowing anyone to post whatever they want, whether it's positive or negative, mm -hmm. and you're not able to address it directly. So our big thing, you know, we work with political campaigns, we work with restaurant recruits, we work with medical fields, all different spectrums, and yes, we've dealt with customer service issues on so many different levels, from you know, bomb threats to abusive language and you know all, all those different oh, wow. things oh yeah bomb threats sure mm -hmm. yeah we're not going to get into that but yeah it happens okay um and so the whole thing is, is you know when you have you know control over your accounts you're able to you know implement a proactive you know system for customer service yeah but i mean like you have your you know your own voice right so when you're responding it's it's more whimsical yep. and playful and just you know this is fun i'm pushing out information about the city you know don't take this too seriously and obviously right. you were thinking the guy with the robot comment was just hey this is playful banner back and forth and he's trying to take it on another level and you're like he did oh. admit that he was half joking so then whenever i replied like, i was half yeah. joking too well uh, and this client so we took the reviews off yeah and then so they could check in they could message and we started responding <coughs> to the check-ins because that was something that wasn't happening before it's a pretty um we used their name i mean i'm the one typing it all there was no automated system at all um, we had some series of responses that used some of their keywords and, and things like that. The drastic drop in negative check-ins is, it is measurable and it is, and it has made a huge impact on how the community perceives them. Now, are some people still not happy? Absolutely. The nature of that, of what they're doing at that place, there's some negative stuff just because of okay. life. Okay. But when we say, hey, thanks for visiting us today. Or like we really appreciated being to take care, being able to take care of you. Or one of the, you know, they're not they're they're not canned. They're personalized to each person. So if you if they use their loved one's name, we use their loved one's name back. You know, we we take cues <coughs> from them. But there has been a notable change in the the temperature around that institution, and it's it's noticed it's noticed in the community, and it's been a years long process. It is not did not change overnight. Um, but it, it is, that is how the social media has changed the landscape and changed the perception of that institution in that community. Yeah. I mean, I know there's been and studies and even stats, you know, if a business doesn't respond to a message or a customer service issue within like one or two hours, there's like a significant decrease in that person, you know, utilizing that service, coming back for a <laughs> second time. I mean, it's, it's so unique, you yeah. know, because we are, you know, in this day and age, we were want that instantaneous feedback. And it goes to what Mark put out last year. It's all about conversations. It's the social part of social media. Media has been around forever. It's the social right, part right. that makes it different. You know, and so with bad reviews, if anybody asks me, hey, how do I, you know, because I, I, I seem to know a little bit about social media. And so somebody will ask me. Um, Give yourself well, some more credit, dude. They're like, how, how, do, you, how do you combat, like, the negative stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, re first of all, reply. Yeah. You have you have to. My business partner will will say you have to eat the turd. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not going to taste good, and you just got to eat it yeah. and get it out of the way. So essentially, a negative comment or a review is a turd. Eat it. Well, um, and the thing that we do is you can you can respond in a private message. Yeah. And what we always even we always say thanks so much for letting us know or whatever you want to say. And then we've responded in a private message. So because that comment right there 
is not for them. Right. It's for the next person who sees that mm-hmm. and says so they did address that. Yep. Oh, that something did happen. If there is a negative situation, I do not want to hash it out on the public. Oh comments. no, you don't want. I want to take that into a private message where I can get their contact information, and then I can get them on the phone in yeah, having take, a take having a offline. personal conversation. Yeah, and then remedy it. So like, let's say it's a restaurant. Offer them a chance to come back, sure. you know, exactly. and you know, give them a, whatever a discount or a comp. But uh, when the, stuff happens, <coughs> yeah, you know, stuff happens all the time. Um, you know, and especially in the service industry. I mean, that's how I got my background. You know, when I was like 15 years old, I was bussing at um, a Mexican restaurant. You know, but the big thing is in all those industries. I mean, you're trying to do your best thing. 99% of the time, you know, the server, manager, chef, whatever, isn't trying to piss you off or do something negatively. So, I mean, I would feel like most, you know, business owners want to do their due diligence and address that immediately. Right. And I feel like that is such a cool and powerful thing. Um, I was in a meeting the other day talking with the Better Business Bureau, and they were sharing some really cool stories and testimonials. And, you know, one was from a local business where, you know, they had gotten a negative review, but it was actually sent directly to the BBB. And so the BBB contacted that business because maybe they didn't want to talk to the business directly, which was a little strange, but... And one, if you don't know about the BBB, they're doing some great things in our area and they've been around for 30 years, but they were able to mitigate that issue. And, you know, the business immediately responded to that customer and said, you know, we had no idea there was even an issue. Of course, we're going to make make up for it. That seems a little weird to go around the business and go to the BBB. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's how some people think that a negative thing should be taken care of is go to an agency that's going to. You know, well, and maybe they just you know <laughs> felt out of place or anything, but it was actually it was a great story because that customer you know once you know the business owner made up for it you know that customer has sent over numerous amount of work and business to that business over the last ten years. Oh, that's good because it was remedied. Yeah, it, it was all you know solved in a timely manner. And we were kind of talking about this before we started, but in order to reap the benefits of these, either positive or be able to effectively address the negative reviews, you have to have a presence. Yeah, you have you to have, have to have like a lot of if if people start checking in, Facebook will just kinda automatically create this kind of like weird yeah. in between ghosty page type of situation where other people then think, oh well this is the right place and they start either leaving positive or negative. And if you don't claim your presence online in general, Google My Business, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Facebook, Twitter, it Twitter and Instagram don't really do it, but you can you can either, you can miss out on so many good positive opportunities, but also you can let the negative run rampant, and you got you have no recourse, or or the recourse is harder. It's harder to to rein those horses in when you've just let it run rampant. And so these people who are like, well, I don't do Facebook. Oh my gosh, I've heard that like seventy times. Why not? Times. Like why? I'm like guys, like I'm sorry. And, and it's, yes, it's the industry that I work in, but, like, you don't have an option anymore not to do Facebook, at least from the claiming, as a, from a business perspective. You at least have to claim your presence mm-hmm. or somebody else is going to do it for you and you're they're either going to charge you a gazillion dollars when you, like, websites, we've seen that happen, right? People go in and, like, buy up all these mm-hmm. domains. Yep. Or they're going to not turn it over and, and you have no, you, got, you you got nothing. <sighs> It's funny you say uh, claim a Facebook page. So uh, the city of Lafayette, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. had someone create a city of Lafayette Facebook page. 
And it's since been changed to the unofficial Lafayette city government. But for the longest time, as long as it was without the unofficial, everybody thought that that was the Lafayette city government's Facebook page. And they were like, they, it was just, it was just going all over the place because people were like, the government's saying this, like posting memes and everything like the government posting memes. I thought it was hilarious. But then of course, LCG said, Oh, we, we need to take care of this. They tried to report it to Facebook. And I think Facebook forced them to put the unofficial part in front. But, um, I st- uh, you know, if you, if, I, I think LCG had a presence before that. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. They but it's about claiming, you know, it's, it's about knowing and the positive part of that story, in, in my opinion, is that there are real people yeah. with real brains and real eyeballs at Facebook looking at things and making yeah. decisions. It's people about to spend the money. I know when my wife and I, when we want to go somewhere to eat, and if it's somewhere we've never been before, mm-hmm. we look up Facebook reviews or we go to their social media. Do they have specials? What's the special of the day? What are people commenting? What are the If they have reviews, what are the reviews like? Are they majority five or four stars or are they majority one or two? Right. And if they're when's lower... When's the last time they posted? Right. When's oh, the last time they post? And that's a big one. Because like, uh, I want to see what I'm getting. <laughs> Um, I don't want to just see the menu. Show me some food. Right. Show me like, some show me good some pictures good. We of food. We got these super computers. I mean, like, right. uh, I mean, what's, you know, the newest pixelation on, you know, the different iPhones? Probably like a thousand or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the cameras that are built into <laughs> our phones are, I mean, immaculate. Yep. You don't need to be a professional photographer to take some photos and push it out there. And or video. I mean. No, video. I mean, it's got 4K video. Exactly. But so there's a, there's a couple of companies and I'm not naming them because it would be a huge disservice for them. But they post regularly, but their 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 spelling is bad. Their 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 formulation of their sentences. And I'm like, okay. And I and I approached them. I said, I think I can help you with your social media account. I don't. I know you run it actively, but I I want to I want to help you. He said, Oh no, I, I got it. We're 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 doing it. I'm like. Okay. Well, but... in that case, it's all about strategy. <laughs> yeah. It's about a little bit of pre-planning and a little bit of thought that goes in beforehand. So it's not this like on the fly, like I'm typing it right here on my phone with my, you know, like autocorrect and all of the things. I mean, we use really simple tools or really simple tools can be used to make um, that process really easy. We have, you know, Google Docs that we share mm-hmm. in between people that has con- content on there. You know, I've even had people know, I know people who write their Instagram or Facebook captions in notes beforehand so that there's no, um, and then they just copy and paste it over to Facebook. So they, you, you can't post from notes, you know, you can't, you, really, really simple things that you just implement in your strategy, because that's the whole thing. Big keyword there. She strategy, said it like strategy, a few times. Strategy. strategy. You have to have a strategy before doing any of this stuff. And a lot of people don't. And it's not yeah. rocket science either. Okay. There is a science behind social media marketing. <laughs> the biggest thing that people do have to realize and we try to educate people on is that this is a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Okay, And just like any other tool that's out there, you're only going to get good at it with the amount of time that you spend educating yourself on that tool. And there's so many, you know, different, you know, influencers on a national and international level that put out tons of content, videos, podcasts, blogs, all that information, you know, so for, I mean, small mom and pop businesses who don't have a huge budget, you know, for, you know, traditional or even for, you know, a social media agency like our, ourselves, you know, they can go in and they can spend the time to educate themselves on these platforms. Yeah. You know, and, and Matt, I would, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say Matt and I, we each have our own person yeah, that yeah. we are kind of like. 
team. <coughs> he's team Gary, and I'm team Jasmine. Um, so say are these real people? Real yeah. people. Okay. Yes. Real people. Okay, okay. You, you know Gary Vee, huh? I, I've, I'm familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're, the audience, anybody out there familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? See if we can get some people uh, commenting on that. So yeah, obviously Gary Vee is one of my favorite people. Um, if you don't mind, I'd love to give his backstory sure. and all that. Um, so one, he is one of the biggest social media influencers out there. He also owns one of the most coolest social media ad agencies in the world. He's got 700 people behind him. They have offices in New York, LA, London, and Chattanooga, which I'll get to that later because that's another city that Lafayette needs to align ourselves with. Um, But I mean, they work with some of the biggest and best brands out there. I mean, Fortune 500 companies strictly building content for them for Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. But he's also a huge motivational speaker as well. He's an immigrant from Belarus. (laughs) His family immigrated to the United States when he was a young kid, maybe like three or four years old. Um, And so he was a horrible student growing up. (laughs) I mean, D's and F's, I don't even think he made it out of high school. Um, But he was always, you know, in that entrepreneurial mindset. Right. So as a little kid, and I was the same way, um, he had lemonade stands. Okay, and so I don't know about you guys, you know, I did snow cone stands back in the day. That, that was my thing. You um, did snow cone I, stands? I did, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like, man. you had an ice grinder? Oh, yeah, the ice grinder and all that okay. stuff when you go to the neighbors. But he had, you know, instead of just having one lemonade stand, Gary yep. had, like, six. And he would, you know, have his friends work in the lemonade stands, and he'd be in his, you know, Hot Wheels car pulling up to him, <laughs> collecting his money. Now, fast forward, you know, to he's a teenager and got into baseball cards. Same thing with me. But he was, you know, on a whole nother level. He would go to trade shows like once a month and he would, you know, rack up like a couple thousand dollars. And for a 13 year old, that's gold. But I mean, as a young immigrant, you know, with an immigrant father, when he turned 13, his father had him start working in the liquor store that his father was working for. And from about 13 to 18, all he did every day for like 15 hours a day was bag ice. That's it. You talked about, you know, those comments earlier, eating turds. Yeah. Okay, well, Gary talks about it. You know, he says eating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he did from 13 to 18. You know, he was working. Okay, but he got in, you know, um, you know, in his early 20s, in the early stages of the internet. He was the first one to create his own YouTube channel. Um, and he started his dad, you know, eventually owned a small <coughs> liquor company. And Gary created um, what's now known as winelibrary.com. And he, okay. was, he was one of the first ones. He took his father's business from a $3 million a year company to a $60 million um, a year company in about five years' time. And he did one. He was using AdWords when nobody was using Google AdWords for keywords for wine. Yeah. He, was, he was one of the first ones to create his own YouTube channel. Uh, he's one of the founders, you know, or founding investors for Twitter and Facebook and some of those other social media platforms. And I mean, he, he's a visionary. Nice. You know, he's yeah. about 10 years older than me. So he's in his, you know, mid-40s now. But he's a huge motivational speaker because he talks about, you know, if you're just living for Friday, if you're just living for the weekend, what are you doing? You only get one chance at this life. Right. You know, and and we're all here for a specific reason. He also addresses and says, look, I understand we all come from different backgrounds and we've got bills and mortgage and family and, you know, all these different obligations. But at the end of the day, there's so many amazing stories where people have come from nothing, you know, and made it. Yeah. And are doing it. And so I love, obviously, the social media side because one of those, I mean, they're a $200 million agency just because of content they're pushing out on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. But the motivational side, when you hear his story, he wasn't handed this stuff. You know, he came from such a hard background 
and he's risen through. And so I love that motivational side. And then Meg can obviously. Yeah, so he's Team Gary. I'm Team Jasmine. So uh, Jasmine Starr is a photographer that I started following probably about 10 years ago. And um, long story short, she basically built her entire photography business from a, like, crappy, like, you know, DSLR version one to one of the top 10 photographers in the world strictly by using social media. Um, In her first... Probably, I think she says 10 years of business, she spent a total of $500 on marketing. Oh, wow. In 10 years. Now, That's to, nothing. Be, to be fair, this is when the, you know, the Facebook, you know, you couldn't run ads and, you know, so, so it was a lot of um, it's like a bootstrap, per, yeah, yeah, like bootstrap kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, she has transitioned to be a, a business coach and social media influencer and influencer in the way like she shares specifically small to small businesses about using social media. She doesn't have an agency. She's more of like the coach okay. side of things. Okay. So she has something currently called Social Curator. Um, I personally uh, know her. Oh, okay. Um, it's this like crazy story. I went to one of her photography conferences and about <coughs> uh, a year and a half later she uh, Facebook messaged me and uh, was like, hey, I, uh, I remember you from this and I really liked you. So you want to be a volunteer at a business forum were, that I'm doing. Were you starstruck? I think I responded in like 14.2 seconds and I was like, yes, I don't know. I don't know the details, but yes, I'll figure it out. Like I will figure it out. I was so excited. And so, um, you know, I've gotten to kind of, and that's actually how I ended up with this job. It's, uh, I was a teacher, um, for five years before, uh, getting into, into social media. That's interesting. Yeah. What did you teach? I taught, uh, eighth grade, like English. Okay. Okay. Uh, I put the quotes around English because it was far more like of a reading curriculum than like, we weren't diagramming sentences. We were trying to get through novels. <laughs> um, you know, but what middle yeah. schooler like wants to sit there and like, no. go through a novel. So, um, but so anyway, I've been following Jasmine for, for years and years and she has um, a group called social curator now. Um, that's this almost like the subscription service of okay. social media. You know, you think of all these subscription boxes and things like that. So Jasmine created a subscription box. It's not a box. It's more of a magazine, um, for your social media specifically for small entrepreneurs, uh, single proprietor kind of businesses, photographers, uh, life coaches, um, trainers, that kind of stuff, bakers. So I'm guessing by Team Gary and Team Jasmine that those are the uh, social media people that you guys follow. Like, those are... Okay. And I'll give a quick disclaimer. So if you haven't <laughs> followed Gary Vee and you want to check him out, um, he does use a lot of expletives, you know, in his, you know, yeah. oh, speeches. No. I've seen a couple okay. of his videos. So when, for anyone, you know, who's listening out there and wants to check it out, but you got the kids in the car, you know, you know, uh, you know, I'll leave that yes. up to you, but just wanted to give a discretion on that. So, yeah. Yeah. Jasmine's a little like a a hearts and more hearts and rainbows exactly. than, than Gary. Yeah. That's funny. So, so talking about, I guess, what you guys do. Do you guys have any national clients? Yeah, so um, we do currently, and then we worked with some in the past. Um, so, are, you na- are you able to name? Yeah, yeah. no, sure. So um, when I actually first got started, I, I got extremely lucky. Um, I started working with uh, the Massage Envy brand. Okay. Um, and so I worked with several different franchisee owners um, in South Louisiana, uh, based primarily out of the New Orleans area. And that was really one of my first clients. And I mean, my story, I was working for an agency in New Orleans for about a year. I left there just because, you know, I wanted to kind of do my own thing. 
and I really got lucky just the, within the first month. Um, I was working with Massage Envy, a hotel group, and a large restaurant group all on my own. Um, and then, you know, that kind of transitioned to moving back to Lafayette. But so Massage Envy, we worked for them. Uh, we worked with uh, Brick and Spoon. Okay. Um, yeah. And obviously uh, Camp Bow Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that we've been with them for a while. And then uh, currently working with us, a Dairy Queen franchise owner in the Gulf South as well. Wow. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, so, so all of them are franchises. Correct. But they are national, uh, nationally known. That's cool. Um, so have you worked with any influencers, kind of like Gary or Jasmine, in your marketing strategies? Like, for example, Kim Kardashian. Have you ever used her? Yeah, like totally, like totally. I talk to Kim every day. What yeah, you know, personally know her, yeah, right? Yeah, like you know, I I don't my invite to the Christmas party got lost in the mail, but you know. yeah, mine did. What too. is it for an Instagram <coughs> post or a tweet for Kim K? Five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But you know what? If you had a product that would align with her, re- I mean, you sure spend that money. Okay, so here you said something that's that's interesting, and this is kind of my, it's the product. So products work, in my opinion, and what I've seen, and um, a little bit of background on me, I was a blogger in Houston, when all of this kind of influencer <coughs> marketing was starting, um, products are much easier to have an influencer base mm-hmm. around. Um, when you get into the service kind no, of stuff, it um, it's a lot harder, there's a lot more... Um, hurdles to overcome to make that sale it's not just a click yep um and there's there's a brand awareness part of that there there really is uh influencer marketing for brand i'm sorry for products i think is the most effective way to you to use that if you have something physical and tangible that someone can hold they can unbox they can use they can give a review on i think that's a great it can be a great way Assuming they create content for you right. that you can then share, and it's it's an evergreen <coughs> type of situation um, that you can continue to, to share or piggyback off of. If it's a one, if it's a one time thing, I'm a little bit you know not a one time thing, but like hey, can we you know we have rights to your the pictures and I see that you know I um if, again I'm a little bit on the back end or the behind the scenes part of that so right. uh, services is where it gets a little iffy I agree because with what I do um, I, I don't want to I, I don't like calling myself an influencer but I've been called that and I feel like with restaurants I can not to pat myself on the back but a new restaurant I can I can help them get busy yeah for and sure. a lot of the people that follow us are waiting to see the next restaurant that they want to try And so my biggest success, I guess, in making money with Developing Lafayette is doing posts for restaurants or businesses that are consumable. Um, Yes, consumable. Yeah, but like, uh, what would be one? Like Frank's Casing Crew. I would not be able to help them make any money. I would appreciate if they sponsored us. But for me to say, hey, I can can guarantee you uh, that... Five out of the 40, 60,000 people, whatever it is that follow us, well, is going to go buy whatever you make. I don't know what you make. Yeah. Or do. For sure. <coughs> for sure. I kind of I have this uh, visual that I use, which isn't great for an audio podcast, but it's just a spectrum. And on this side is brand awareness. On, on the left is brand awareness. And on the right is direct sales. Yeah. And majority of the businesses that we work 
with kind of hang in the middle of that spectrum. Um, Frank's is on the and on the brand awareness side yep, of it. Yep. I there are seventy five <coughs> people you gotta have, you have to get through in order to make a sale. If you have are selling, I don't know, let's say a king cake. It's king cake season. If you're selling a king cake, you if that is a one click or a one oh, phone yeah. call or a one Facebook message away. And so that's the spectrum that we're working on. Majority of our clients sit somewhere in the middle where you have to <coughs> and I and I do think everyone has to have a balance of brand awareness and direct sales barring being a, a Frank's kind of a large, large company. Right. But majority of our people sit in the middle and there is a, there's three or four hoops that they have to jump through to get a, to get a sale, but they're not fully on the brand awareness side either. Um, so keeping that in mind when making decisions of where to spend your money, because that's essentially what you're doing, either whether just in free product or if there's a fee attached, <coughs> getting making sure that that is actually going to like, be a positive effect on what you're doing and there's a there's a lot of things that like I'll, I'll take a great review I'll but I want to be able to go in there and, and take a video of you of to use your pictures and they need to be well lit and you know you know yeah. there's some things there that um again being able to watch for the last about you know six or seven years and I'm like like what they're doing mm, don't love that. you know I have there's there's a, pl- a time and a place for it, and I think it just depends on your your bottom line and right. the marketing plan that you have in place. Because, again, it goes back to strategy. It goes back to strategy. It always goes back to strategy. I know, and it's such a but – it, but people think that – I always say this. Social media is a marathon, not a sprint. Definitely. And the way that people perceive social media is that it's a sprint. If you don't work in it or you don't run <laughs> a – Facebook page for your business or you're not involved in that at all, you think it's a sprint. They think, think it's, it's a sprint. The they think it's a sprint because people like Kim Kardashian can post one thing and get millions of, you know, reactions. Or for example, on a smaller scale, I can post a restaurant and get a hundred or two hundred likes on it. People are like, Oh, that's what I want. Can you do that for me? I'm like, Well, you see, your business is different. I I don't think I can do that for you. I think you're better fit sponsoring for example the podcast or sponsor you know putting an ad on our website that is more of a long-term thing to get your message out out there because for example I'm, I'm about to I'm proposing something for a company here that they want to they want to put out a message that they are the business for what they are offering in in in, a lot, in the whole Gulf South and so I said I can write about you and your position on doing that but that's a one-time post that on the internet dies in three days, if that. And if it's not getting shared, it dies in that day. And so putting an ad space on our site or sponsoring our podcast or doing something sponsor-related where I can talk about you over and over and over in tidbits will help uh, put that in people's minds. And so that's the hurdle. It's, it's brand awareness. And the stuff that's on the fly, like me sending business to a restaurant – it's easier sell for me because I can say, hey, you're a new restaurant. Let me do a live video tour for you. And I charge him for that. All the video tours that I've been doing, all charged. Yeah. And so I can do that. But there's value <coughs> in that, which right. is why you can put a price on Right. And I saw the value after doing a few videos. I mean, how tours. many followers do you all have on your Facebook page right now? On Facebook by itself is 40 and 300. 40 and some change. Yeah. yeah. So 40,000 followers on your Facebook. You go do a live stream on any you know service industry business. I mean, even if only 5% of your audience mm-hmm. is engaged at that time, 
that's a huge chunk of people who may not have known about that new business. And then you share that, I mean, instantaneously, they're starting at ground zero, you're giving them that boost. Yeah. You know, those new followers, those new eyeballs. The biggest thing for them is what are they gonna do consistently to keep that audience right. and not lose it just from, you know, like you just said, yeah. you know, that three day window or even say it's a week, you know, cause say if they sponsor that as well, yeah. you know, for the week and get a little more bang for their buck, the biggest thing is what are they gonna do consistently? Right. Well, the, net, the, the follows and the likes is interesting because when Facebook started- It was just likes. Well, it was just likes and like that was the currency. Like, like my page, like my page, like my page, like my page. And <coughs> the further we've, we've gone along in this timeline of social media, um, the currency has changed. The currency is engagement now. Yep. I, um, I say this all the time and it has happened over and over again. So you can go and invite people to like your page and you know, when we get a new client or just a client in general, go through and, and see who's engaging with the page. Several times I have been like, um, the owner of your page or the owner of your business doesn't like the Facebook page. And you, the, you know what because, she's talking about? Because yeah. they engage with the page because the algorithm has changed. So they see it because their circles of people are sharing and engaging, right. but they don't realize they like it on their own, which is, is fine. Obviously you probably need your, your business, the owner of your business or the, the CEO of your business to like it, but it's about engagement. Yeah. And so there it's about what are you, like Matt said, what are you going to do to keep those people involved? So if you only have a couple of thousand or, or even a couple of hundred of people who like your page, you know, obviously you want to keep working on, on growing that number, but that's not the end all be all of your page. You're it's not right. failing because you don't have 40,000 people who like your page. I mean, there's people who have 40,000 people who like their page who are getting very little engagement. Very little, yeah. So it's not about that like number, which I think people who started on the internet when we started on the internet and business pages and all of that get a little wrapped up in that and it's just changed. And that's where the education piece comes in and saying like, hey, it's okay that you don't have 40,000 people who like your page because you don't have 40,000 people engaging with your page based strictly off how Facebook physically runs on that algorithm. Yeah. It's very bizarre. In 2014, that's when a lot of the stuff changed and Facebook was like, oh, we need to make money. Um, <laughs> Before that, I was able to grow, I was growing the page 10,000 likes every year. And then after 2014, it turned into 5,000 likes every year. And it's kind of been consistent on that. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting is what you're saying is this, it's true. The likes are no longer the, the only metric that you can use because now you have followers, which is an interesting thing. And I'm not really sure where they're getting it with that because I think you can like a page but not follow it. And not getting anything on their feed, mm -hmm. but and you can follow without liking. <laughs> That's so weird. It is weird. Um, but you know, engagement, like you said, is the thing. And I think, like for example, Pizza Artista, they have, I want to say, anywhere from five or six thousand uh, followers on their mm -hmm. Facebook page. But we were comparing our uh, reach for that that week yeah. or that day. It was one of those, and they had like, I want to say, sixty nine thousand in reach for that week and I had to change mine on my my app to put it for a week because I had it on 28 days but mine was 85,000 I have 40,000 followers on Facebook mm -hmm. she had or they have 6,000 but our reach was pretty close to the same yeah but you know they boost also I, I rarely boost so there's some there's, there's some things there yeah. but uh, I just thought that was so interesting I was like 
probably getting a lot of reach. For, and I had to go back and look how many followers I had. Did you look to see the engagement rates? Um, I know I didn't. I didn't scan on on that one. Because that's going to dictate, you know, your reach. Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen what Pizza Artiza's uh, engagement was for that week, and then yours as well. Yeah. Because that would lay out exactly why they're reaching, you know, almost uh, fifteen times, you know, as many people as they have who follow right, their page. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm only reaching in a week. I think two times as many. Um, in 28 days, I think it was. Uh, 160 or 100 it was it was one of those it was a hundred thousand something and i was like and they were like oh that's a lot and i'm like well do you have your set on 28 days no only a week i'm like not a week. <laughs> I'm like it was a little different but anyway um and at the end of the day <clears throat> analytics are just numbers yep and it matters about selling pizza or influencing people or getting you know whatever your goal is like should never be tied to your Facebook analytics they are a they are a tool to help you make choices but at the end of the day you cannot get wrapped up in those analytics things ebb and flow and change and there is a portion of it that we have no control over I mean, if you're consistently getting no engagement you know no reach no new followers and things like that then you need to look at your strategy yeah you know obviously but um you're not going to beat yourself up because one week you know your reach wasn't exactly where it should right be. right no. you know you've done a great job of building your presence over these what you're at seven years in april yeah yeah seven years in april you know to where you do you've got a great following you know and you provide tremendous value to our community and to the different business owners who are looking you know to start their own presence you know, and just to start that social media footprint, what are you going to do? Because it takes, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There's a lot of work that goes into it. But hey, if I can get a good little boost to get started and we get, you know, 500 followers right away and reach 50,000 people in the first week because, you know, we did, you know, an ad, a contest, a post, a live stream with Ben and the team at DL, that's awesome. That's huge. Yeah. And that's where we kind of started this conversation with micro-influencers, which are the people in your circles and that's, you know, another way you can start, you know, you start your page and, and you grow it really fast is like your people, having your people share and getting, putting their, their You need little, a base of sharers. Exactly. And creating shareable content too yeah. at the beginning. Oh, yeah. But it's great. <clears throat> it's great to have like a big kickoff and start, but it's about keeping that consistency and the way you do that is with a strategy. And I know I've said it like 75 times, but it's true. And it's, and that's the hardest part. It's, it goes back to a marathon. It's marathon, a sprint, and strategy. God, it's all it's all good stuff. I understand most of it. Um, I'm hoping that the people watching or listening is taking some tidbits because uh, I think everywhere nationally, we, businesses need help on their social media, but Lafayette especially needs help on their uh, their social media. But I think I want to. I know we're we're past an hour already so I want to wrap it up whoa time, yeah, yeah. time fast. goes fast when you're talking about something you love <laughs> I don't have my cell phone in front of me so I was like yeah. we're around 45 but that's awesome yeah right? we're at 56 minutes after we uh, restarted the podcast so, so you want to talk about um, developments in uh, Lafayette this year that yeah. we're excited about and looking so, forward to I was, that's what I was going to get to in regards to Lafayette and some of the developments and growth uh, what do you think has contributed to your company's success and other companies' success as far as the growth of Lafayette? It's <clears throat> a good question. Um, so specifically our company, obviously we've benefited because we've aligned ourselves with some really amazing clients. And some of those we didn't know about their culture, their team, 
even before we you started working with them. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, several clients, I could go through each one that, you know, whenever we're going to a meeting or a proposal or things like that, there's just certain things you don't know until you're maybe six months in, you know, how things are organized and working. And so we've been blessed because we have clients who've been with us three, four, and five years now. Um, and if it wasn't for what they're doing, we can't make everyone look great on these <coughs> platforms. It takes a lot of work, but when they have the team, the culture, when they're working, you know, um, with different nonprofits and we get to highlight and focus on all that stuff, then it works, you know, and even, you know, with, you know, our industries and, you know, the decline in our economy over the last several years, when you talk about advertising, one of the age old sayings is when business is good, it pays to advertise when business is bad. You have to advertise. Right, right. So, you know, we've stayed consistently busy over, you know, the last several years. One, we've aligned ourselves with key partners. We try to do good work. And then again, I'm blessed with an amazing team. If it wasn't for the team that we have that does consistently good work, I mean, you could talk to each one of our clients and then the team members they work with and they shout their praises. Well, one thing that we find really important when we, 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 when we rebranded, this was bullet point number one. We do not go into their business as Clout9, this separate entity. We partner with them and essentially become a team member of what they're doing. I work for my clients first and foremost. I care about their business just as much as they do and that contributes to our success. I am Clout9 when I am not on their premises. (laughs) Right. But when I am working with them or working on their account, I am a team member of what they are doing. My goals are their goals. I have their best interests at heart because they are, I work with them. They are not a client. They are my coworkers. Well, and that's how you should be. You should be able to like meld yourself with that company and kind of become their voice because that's what you are. You're, you're being their voice for them. Yeah. And if it's Cloud Nine's voice, then it's totally different. Mm-hmm. No, you never want it to sound right, like right. some generic third party or agency that's coming. And some of them do. Some of them sure. do have a, a third party kind of esque feel. Because, uh, like I said, I message uh, Facebook owners all the time, Facebook pages to try to get business yeah. for this, and they'll be like, "Oh, hey, this is such and such with the agency." I'm like, oh, "I figure," because the way it felt was where different. And I think one of them, she owns an agency here for a while, uh, AdWorks. And she, she has a lot of different clients. And I'll message a few Facebook pages and it's like, oh, hey, man, it's Angie. I'm like, ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, I've already tried to position my, uh, my products to you. So I guess that's that. But anyway, not to... I brought her up. Hey, whatever. Um, it's the tea. But it's I mean, talking tea. about, you know, other developments, I mean, I guess, you know, quickly before, you know, we wrap up, um, I think this year there's a lot of interesting things going on. And one of the coolest things is what's going on in downtown Lafayette. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you highlighted one of the new uh, speakeasy style bars that's going to be opening up inside of the Juliet Hotel. The Delicatessen. Yeah. yeah, which is so awesome. But I mean, if you look at downtown Lafayette, one, we have a lot of new leadership involved. Um, so we have a brand new CEO, Anita Bell. Who yep. was with one Acadiana for the last four years, uh, which she's just an amazing leader and advocate for our community as a whole, but specifically 
downtown. And, you know, we've had, you know, some amazing new businesses, you know, relocate or start new businesses here, you know, from New Orleans. You yeah. know, Rock and, Bowl has, Rock and Bowl has been a tremendous success in the last year. And, you know, the, the Blanchards and what they've done, you know, just in a short amount of time. It's starting to make downtown Lafayette, you know, more of a destination. Yeah, which instead is, of a pastor. Well, exactly. And, you, you know, you got so one end is, you know, uh, Rock and Bowl. The other end is Dat Dog. And then you've got some really cool little restaurants and shops that are opening up. I mean, Central Pizza, Spoonbill. I don't know if you've been to Spoonbill I haven't been there yet. You need to go check it out. Bring the family. They've got some great food. Um, and we've got some awesome gems. I mean, Pamplona is probably one of the premier <coughs> tapas restaurants, you know, Spanish-style restaurants right. in the region. Um, but, you know, I mean, just in the last few weeks, you've seen this. We've had four new commercial uh, residential mixed-use developments. I know. Announcing it's crazy. And they're not only breaking ground, but those will be completed this year. Yeah, they're so building quick. We're looking at 200 to 300 residential living spaces in our downtown within the next year. And, I mean, a waiter. They just, they've taken over the Lemoyne building. You know, so that's great, you know, for our local restaurant owners yep. and businesses because they're going to be coming down. But they want a place, you know, to live and work and play. But right. I've traveled, we were talking earlier about Gary Vee owning an office in Chattanooga. Why does, you know, one of the biggest social media influencers in the world decide to have his fourth location in Chattanooga, Tennessee? <laughs> right. A lot of people don't realize Chattanooga has the fastest internet in the country, or at least they were one of the first ones to. I don't know if Lafayette has surpassed them, but they are known as Gig City. Okay. Now, it's, it's a really cool place. One Volkswagen has their largest automotive uh, manufacturing place outside of Germany, right outside of Chattanooga. But they did a huge tech push. They did a huge medical push about 10, 15 years ago. And their business leaders and you know community activists um, and political leaders came together and said, we want to make something different for Chattanooga. Yeah. It's also, it's a cool city, man. I got to go there last year when their restaurant scene is thriving. <laughs> but it's also situated, they have this beautiful river right next to the downtown area. And obviously you got the mountains right there. Right. But there's things that you know they're doing in other really cool cities like Greenville, South Carolina. Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, everyone talks about Austin, you yeah, know, being everybody right. talks about Charleston, Austin. and there's other, you know, really cool cities throughout the United States, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And what are they doing in their downtown? Because downtown is the heart of your city. And so I think, you know, this year it's going to be very, extremely interesting to see all these developments in downtown. And, you know, what's going to be the next waiter or proficient or CGI that's going to move into the area? And hopefully they do move and, you know, to a downtown venue to really start enhancing what's going on there. Yeah, because if uh, Central Pizza it doesn't exist, I need my Central Dip real bad. I haven't been to Central Pizza either. Oh, we gotta get you down there. I've been wanting to go so bad, but because uh, I hear it's great. And, and under zero circumstances are you not getting the Central Dip. It is to die. Well, for. we need to get you to do um, a podcast with Gus Rosende. He's yeah, one of the owners of uh, Central and all that stuff because he can fill you in on so much more that's going downtown. Oh, no. And he's a huge downtown champion and advocate. And we're lucky to have people like Gus and Anita and so many others, you know, really pushing that forward. Yeah, and Gus, uh, you know, he did a great thing just last year. He became an official citizen of the United yeah, States. Yeah, that was a really fun story. So that was really cool. It's an yeah. awesome yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, we got some it's good an people awesome story. Yeah. injecting some really good life downtown. Well, great, Adam. Is there any developments that you like? And we'll close with that. Um, that you I'm, think are your I'm favorite? a downtown girl too. I um, have really come to to love it. Um, I'm from um, much bigger cities. I'm from San Antonio and from Houston. And that's um, a small. Yeah, I um, didn't. Th I was a little weary about moving to a smaller place. I didn't have much of a choice. Um, we moved here because of my husband's job. But I have grown to absolutely love Lafayette. 
Um, if we're not speaking downtown, I'm a uh, I'm a steep house girl. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just one of my favorite places to just physically be. I'm glad that they're still seemingly doing well. Like, because that's such an odd location, you can miss it quickly. Well, I think <coughs> that says a lot about the product that they're offering, Indeed. their culture, what their what their goals and and they are. Uh, I'm a steep house girl. I got my my tea and my my macaroons. And is it with the ice cream in the middle? Well, yeah. Okay, you, awesome. And then, like, how do you not, like, how do you pass that up? Right. They've done a really good job with their branding and, you know, just making it stand out. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a huge thing. I mean, that, and then coupled with, you know, what they're offering and then the service they provide. Because they can be in a weird location. Because last year it's weird like that. Well, last I mean, it's weird. What's uh, the, the cursed spot where, hey, Drago's has made it is about two years now in that spot that literally has been, what, a dozen different restaurants <laughs> over the last 10 years? Everything, yeah. But it's, it's all about, you know, how you make it work and not coming in thinking, okay, we're just, you know, this person and, and that's going to carry us over. It takes a lot more work and obviously marketing and social media to really get that it definitely across. takes marketing and social media and so that's what you guys are doing um and so i guess we'll close with that uh this is clout nine yeah. uh if you if there's a business out there struggling and you want to hand your social media over um this is uh, this is not meant to be a plug but it's, it is a plug Thanks. appreciate uh, that yeah. <clears throat> so yeah check them out and also uh again uh, we appreciate why more coaching for sponsoring this episode of the tea um, without sponsors like that well we would not have a sponsor so <laughs> uh, we appreciate you Nathaniel Moore and um, yeah well I appreciate you guys for joining us thanks and so thanks much for having us. yeah it was good for information on sponsoring the tea podcast by developing Lafayette go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click advertise.